Welcome to 3 In, 3 Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast. On 3 In, 3 Out, we like to dive deep into the micro moments of the game, the nooks and crannies, if you will, because that's what fanatics do. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me on Twitter at Clinton Bonner. And I'm joined by the great Brandon Schultz and find him at Seahawkers Pod on Twitter. All right, Flock, let's dive into the sober yin and raging yang that is three in, three out. Go Hawks. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to another episode of three in, three out. The most unique Seahawks podcast out there. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. I'm coming in hot on this Monday after a Big victory over Big D. And of course, I'm joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Brandon, our Seahawks are 3-0. and How are you feeling today on this Victory Monday? 3-0. and Let's keep it rolling. I, I like the start of the season. It's not too often we get these 3-0 and starts. In fact, the last time it happened was 2013. Yeah, that, was, that, end, that ended pretty well that year, that if I recall. That was a good season. I remember it being good. Was it yeah. good? I remember it feeling right. I remember, I remember, you know, Marshawn Lynch in a parade at the end of the year. I feel things happened that year that broke our way for sure. Some positive things. Let's let's hope there are those kinds of positive things to come for the Seattle team. Well, I'll tell you what, I know what we have that is positive that we could jump into right away. You know, it's not that not that we want to get bogged down in the muck and the mire. We're pulling our tacks out of the mud and screaming, you know, just trying to get them out of there. We're all crying because we lost our horse. No, we want to go the opposite direction. We want to go to the positives. However, we got just we have some rules. We have some guidelines in life, but on three in, three out, we have a rule. We must follow just one rule. It's just one rule. But Brandon, please remind the good folks, the flock, the fanatics, the 12s. What's the one rule? What do we have to follow on three in, three out? There is one rule that must be followed. And this rule is the most important rule of this podcast. And that is when the Seahawks win. You and I, we start with an in. We start with an in, Brandon. We start with an in. Yes, there's the sober yin, the raging yang. That's the balance of three and three out. We love it all. But when we win, we start with an in and we're three and oh, and we're streaking. So let's start with an in right now. All right, Brandon. So I want to begin kind of at the beginning. It seems like a logical place to go, but we're going to, we're going to head early first quarter. We're looking at like a second and two or a second and three, and then we'll extrapolate from there. But second and two, second and three, and who comes off the edge and blows up a play from one end? And who comes meeting him, crashing down the line, blowing up a play from the other end, blowing up Zeke Elliott, who did nothing all day long? Brandon, I'm talking early in the game, and we got LJ Collier and Alton Robinson, you know, two mammoths colliding together to take down Zeke early and often. And why I want to put the in there is for a few reasons. Number one, we didn't see Alton for two weeks. There's a, you know, there's, he was on the, he was on the milk carts. We didn't know where the dude was. We were hoping we were praying. And then voila, he shows up in game three and immediate impact, but also Collier, Collier, you know, he's okay. He's not, he's not making, he's not making consistent plays all game long, but dude, he is starting to show up and show up in big ways, in big moments. So I want to put that early in, super early in the game, because it just set the tone that Zeke was going to go nowhere. So we're going to share it between Collier and Robinson. Here's to you, Mr. Robinson. What do you say, Brandon? 
LJ Collier. It's nice to see him on the field and notice him. You know, it's it's one thing in the past year where you saw him out there once in a while and you were just looking for his number to see if he was on the field. And now yes. this year, you're actually seeing him involved in a couple plays. And there was that play with Collier and Robinson teaming up. You, you saw Robinson even late in the game had a big sack against Huge. Dak Prescott. I think that's the play that people are going to remember Mr. Robinson the most for. And I think the bigger story here is what you're getting at is that they shut down Ezekiel Elliott and they did it early and took that part out of the game that I think a lot of us were concerned about is that would a coach like Mike McCarthy try and slow this game down and and limit those possessions for Russell Wilson? It didn't happen and it didn't matter. And a big part of the Seahawks defense being able to make a team one dimensional, it's 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 by stopping Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, and, and that that is definitely, you're, you're picking up what, what I'm putting down there for sure. Love that you're bringing up the Alton Robinson sack late in the game. I think that was with a three-man rush, perhaps. So I'm screaming through Twitter like, <laughs> rush more than three people. But we didn't need to, which was also amazing. And also just the, the fact that like, hey, a bit of a youth movement, right? We're, we're getting production from Collier. This is Mr. Robinson's first freaking game. And these dudes are making big plays. And yeah, so so week one, we play an Atlanta team that seemingly really can't run the ball anyway. However, I saw them run the ball pretty okay versus Chicago just yesterday in, in their third loss. Week two, we completely shut down a Patriots team that is running over everybody else. And week three, we shut down what I think is one of the least, at least the top three backs in the league. Yes, I realize the, the offensive line's a little banged up, and this is not the Dallas offensive line from 2018. I know all this already. You know what? I don't care. The in stays with these dudes. They set the tone early. They We imposed our will against them up front, and it paid big dividends, a big in, to start this big victory Monday. All right, Brandon, we've got to hop on over to the, the not-so-fun side of the ledger. Oh, I'm gonna do bring, we? Uh, yeah, well, we, we do. We do. Again, we have guidelines. We have one rule, but we have guidelines. We, you know, for those who don't know yet, we do the three ins, we do the three outs. We kind of meet in the middle and we talk about the the nooks, of course, and the crannies of the Seahawks game because we're fanatics after all. So, Brandon, I want you to get back in the way back machine, back into the way back machine of week one, 2020. Two minute warning coming out of the two minute warning before halftime. What did the, what did the Seahawks do coming out of the two minute warning right before half? That was what penalty penalty. I, I seen there were at least two penalties right away coming out of that two minute warning. And do you recall what kind of penalty started that stupid stretch? I would say they were false starts penalties just false off the start. top of my head. Was there a holding penalty mix in there too? I felt like there was a lot. There was there was a there was a lot. But week one versus the Falcons, two minute warning. We come out, we got the ball. We're right where we want to be, like midfield ish. False start. All right, Brandon, go back to the not so way back machine. Week two versus the Pats, two minute warning. We got the ball. Still a close game. What do we do in that scenario? Again, it was a big amount of nothing. I, I don't remember the exact sequence, but I know it wasn't positive. It was a it was a false start. It was like it was again a false start coming out of the two minute warning. All right, so let's go into the very very not so distant way back machine. As in yesterday, two minute warning. We got the ball. We already have we already have these boys on the ropes. We come out of the two minute warning. What did the Seahawks do with the first play out of the two-minute warning around midfield? Oh, I think you're setting this up for, for something very similar to what we've already described. False start. <laughs> yes. <laughs> false start we, by Jamarco Jones this time. We false started again. 
So this is, this, you know, last week we went streaking and I'm, I'm hearkening back to it. We're going streaking again, but this time in, in the wrong way. This is three weeks in a row that coming with the ball, with the ball, at the two-minute warning when we have a chance to just, you know, get away from teams that we, we should leave in the rear freaking view mirror. Three weeks in a row, the play after the two-minute warning, we false start and there's nobody in the stands. How is that possible, Brandon? This will be a mystery. I, is it like the curse of Tom Cable, maybe, that's coming back to, to uh, is he haunting the Seahawks on the offensive line in this season? Because I know I know Tom Cable's literally still alive, but is his ghost haunting the Seahawks offensive lineman? I mean, he's alive, but is he still, is he really living though? You know, <laughs> is he really living, embracing life? He probably is. But, but, but that's, that's the thing here. It's, I mean, We'll, we'll probably end up talking, I'm sure, a bit today about the offensive line. I mean, hey, I think this is this pass pro looks really good. Russ has Russ has you know time after time and time after time. Cindy Lauper playing back there, and he's dancing in the streets with plenty of time to throw deep, sexy deep balls. However, just the the, the mental gaps in what should be a locked in two minute drill is killing me because what happens here? We stutter. And then we don't go for it on fourth down again from the 40-something. We punt it. It matriculates into the end zone. So we end up with like a net 27 yards on, on, you know, it was a good-looking punt. It just happened to trickle in. Dixon had a couple of those in the day. And then, yes, what I'll say is, okay, that's where we got the Shaq Griffin interception. And all that's like a little bit lucky, a little bit lucky because that we, we should have been throttling that team anyway. We got the points. I know, I know all's well that ends well. But man, oh man, can we clean up what should be like the best thing we do? Two-minute drills with Russell Carrington Wilson. This should be, we should be on fire with these things. And and that's like a glaring out for me that three weeks in a row, we're not there yet. Man, are, are we going to give an out to the Dixon trickle in this game? Because gosh, that sounds like an ailment you don't want to have. <laughs> I've had that thrice and you do not want the Dixon to. <laughs> I can't, I can't even finish that thought. I've had it three times. You don't want the Dixon trickle. Let's move back to the other side of the ledger, shall we? All right, Brandon, back on the fun side, the sober yin side, maybe the raging yang. I'm not even sure what side's more fun. We're back on the inside of the ledger. All that matters. Still early in the game. It's 3 nothing, Cowboys. We hit that first third and one of the game. Third and one. You know, we, you know all year long, Russ is cooking. We know the slogan. We know all this. Brandon, do you recall what play that Skybox Shotty pulls out of his hat on that first third and one when we're down three nothing? Do you recall what he pulled out? First third and one. This one is not coming to me. You are going to have to refresh my memory, my friend. No worry. I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. This one. So for for, the, for all the flockers out there, close your eyes, take a deep breath. Lord knows I I could take my own advice here. And just picture Russ getting it real quick and pitching it pretty far left to Chris Carson. Just a beautiful little pitch right away to Carson. Gets him on the outside. We got pulling guards. We got a convoy. Carson motors down the left-hand side for about, I don't know, I didn't look, 17, 20 yards. 23 yards. There you go, Mr. Don Mattingly. 23 yards. And then what's the very next play? Sexy deep ball to Tyler Lockett. The SDB to Tyler Lockett to light it up. What I loved about this in, the in goes to Skybox Shoddy for saying, you know what? It's third and one. 
we are going to get Carson the ball this time and just motor over some people, loosen this up, get them a little loose, and then let Russ go do his thing with a fresh set of downs. I love that because last week when we had that third and one chance to put away the game, we, we take that that shot from uh, the shotgun and he misses Lockett by a little bit. Not a bad read or anything like that. Just missed one of his throws. Hey, he's human too. But I love the idea that when we needed it, went back to the run, got the big hitter from Carson, big explosive play, setting up the, the SDB to Lockett. The in for me, Skybox Shoddy, love the third and one call there. I think Skybox Shoddy definitely deserves an in after his appearance in the new Cable Thanos video uh, <laughs> and just his uh, multiple appearances. He's not letting us down. He's still wearing his visor while he's calling plays up in the Skybox. It's it's like a better version of himself, and it needs to be recognized. He has definitely elevated his game and his uh, what is that is like like his elevation right? That's he's just he's 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 up there at this point. He's and, and uh, elevated you know, his game literally and, and also literally <laughs> he is up there. Any other any other moments from from uh, Shadi that that you want to call out that you feel were, you know, a little chef's kiss who after Dallas gets the pass interference in the end zone uh, against Greg Olson, they have it down on the one yard line. First and goal one yard line. They run it with Chris Carson. He doesn't get in. That's the play right after that where. Tyler Lockett sneaks across the middle of of the defense wide open. It's just an easy little pitch and toss to Tyler Lockett. I want to give the credit to Schottenheimer on that one for for dialing up that play in that position. Maybe it was the defense that just was confused, but uh, I have to think that it's it's a little bit of skybox shoddy in there, too. I I like I I think it is a little little SS because you know, hey, you know, 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. I think, I believe, you know, knock on wood, I believe we are a cool and even 100% this year in the red zone. I, I'm pretty sure that's that's Seattle at this point, correct? That's, we, that sounds true. And so I'm not going to look it up and we'll just go with it. Yeah, we're going to go. I'm going to go with that. And, but to your point, the schematics of getting, all right, who's the best receiver on the team? It's Tyler Lockett. We don't got to talk about DK. It's It was Tyler Lockett preseason. It's still Tyler Lockett. DK is an amazing emerging number two. We know what he did about the dumb, the dumb play. We're not even going to talk about that dumb, dumb play. As Russ said, he looked at him and said, yeah, don't ever do that again. Perfect. We're, we're done with that. Lockett's the best player on the field. He's the best wide receiver on the field. And to scheme a Tyler Lockett that open, at that point when he was that open, I was like, oh, who's that? Freddie Swain? They forget about Swain? <laughs> No, that was Lockett. So I, lo- I love that a little, that little yeah, extra for some, for Skybox. Somehow Tyler Lockett gets three touchdowns in this game and Dallas is like, oh, oh, we got to we got to cover that guy. 16. Yeah. We should cover him. Yeah, he's 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 pretty good. He's pretty good. Turns out. Turns out. Well, Clinton, let's take a break. We'll come back on the back end. We'll have a couple more ins, a couple more outs, some bonus ins. I know we're only supposed to do three ins and three outs, but uh, uh, we're, you know, those again, they're guidelines. They're guidelines. When, when you win, you, you, you get the bonus in. It's all good. All right, Brandon, I'm going to attempt to bring some humor to an out that was uh, quite frustrating, to be to be quite honest. So there was a play in the game where one of our defensive backs looked like Winnie the Pooh um, just for about, I don't know, four seconds or so. If I say that to you, he assumed the position of Winnie the Pooh hovering over his honeypot. Who do you think I'm talking about? Who's about to wear this O? Is it Trey Flowers? It is 
Trey Flowers. So listen, I know, hey, Trey, great, great blocks of, you know, extra point. Those ended up being pretty damn big. So credit where due. Trey Flowers, he had, he, was, he had some struggles. And as we do on three and three out, we like to look at those micro moments as we call them, the crannies. And man, oh man, that bounce off of his clavicle to his hip bone, hip bone connected to his knee bone, knee bone connected to the sky bone. And then gallop, gallivanting down the the freaking stretch for whatever he, you know, 15 more yards. I just have to just, you know, just take a breath and be like, okay, Flowers, that was one of the most egregious plays I've ever seen in professional football. There was a honeypot. You're Winnie the freaking poo. Your job is to collect the honey. And the honeypot was falling in your lap. And it the honey ended up in Gallup's hands. I, I don't know how it happened, Brandon. I don't I didn't go back and rewatch it. I it's like spaceball style, like you know, fast forward, fastest part. Like never watch that again. I don't even want to think about it, but this is part of this is the cross we bear on three and three out. That out has gotta to go to flowers. Dude, okay, number one, intercept the damn ball. You're Winnie the Pooh. Grab the honey pot. Number two, if you don't intercept it, don't direct it 10 feet back into the air like Karch Karai. What happened there, Brandon? I'm I'm still stuck on this, Clinton. That I because I don't know. I'm sure everything that you just said leading up to the to to throwing it to me was important, but I can't get <laughs> over the fact that you went from gallop to you know like an easy verb like galloping to gallivanting, and uh, and so I wanted to give credit to you for for that amazing moment. I I, as, I really appreciate that. This is just this is just what happens when I when I don't have a drink. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm sipping water over here, so I'm not uh not quite as fluid. But but yeah, but it was it was just man, oh man, that was there was probably two moments in the game where it was like yes, 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 no, and that was one of them. And the last one was uh you know the the Mayo sack that wasn't at the very end of the game where Dak escapes and puts the ball up, but that moment of him putting the ball up. I was so tense, but, but, you know, for these, these yes, 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 no moments. Come on, flowers. There, like were, you, there were three of them in this game. There was the flowers uh, punt up to Michael Gallup's hand. There was <laughs> the, the near sack by Mayoa. And then there's the obvious one that I'm still upset about of the right uh, at the end zone. Yeah. The, the, the DK play that shall not be talked about. You're right. There were three. Yes, yes, yes. No moments. And you know, that's, that is usually enough to lose a game. Let's be fair. You have some, you know, you have three. Yes, yes, yes. No moments. You probably don't win those games. And here's why they are tantamount to turnovers. It's, it's the same thing. Like the pick six off of Olsen last week, that DK play, that's the same swing. That's how bad it is. Right. You know, so, so they are tantamount to turn the ball over again. So you look at the the ledger and you go, oh yeah, we created more turnovers than they did, and we did. And credit to the Seahawks. However, those have got to weigh in. Like they're not quote unquote turnovers, but damn, they changed the game just the way a turnover would. Well, and in um, fairness to Mayoa, it was a yes, 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 no, yes moment because Ryan Neal had the interception right after that. Yes, he did. Ryan Neal, who we all know so so well. That is a perfect segue to get back to the inside of the ledger, my man. We're talking Collier. We're talking Neil. We're talking Mr. Robinson. While we're at it, why don't we talk about that, that interception from Mayoa set up by Reed, right? 
Yes. Reed comes that this is to me, that's, that's that last in man. Reed, Reed just blows up his dude comes. He looked like old thigh arms out there. He looked like Al <laughs> Woods just come meat hooking through 17 guys, slaughterhouse style. And then he gets that big old thigh arm right into Dax, you know, like his basically bicep, like they were going over the top. They were like trucks, like machines. And you got Stallone, Lincoln Hawk honking at the kids driving his, his truck. And the ball pops in the air. Mayoa, Mayoa grabs it out of the air. Beautiful play across the board. However, that's not where I want to give the in. The in comes just about, I don't know, maybe 0.3 or 0.5 seconds after that ball goes skyward. Do you know where I'm going? No. <laughs> so in slow motion, they showed this play like two or three times. And you got to hear, you got to hear Aikman painfully talk about this, which is just so <laughs> dripping with awesomeness. And as, as Dak is looking up in the air, cause the ball's floating now, Bobby Wagner crushes, crushes Dak Prescott as he's trying to, you know, regain where the ball went. He just had his arm torn off by a dude with, with thighs for an arm. Mayo is coming down with it. And now he's got an all-timer, a Hall of Famer, putting a lick on him. And in slow motion, you can just see his, his soul leave his body. He just collapses as it's being caressed by, by, by Mayo. So for me, that the cranniest of crannies, Brandon, the MVC for week number three goes to Bobby Wagner for destroying Dak Prescott when he was at his most vulnerable, doing it clean, not doing it dirty, but just taking the dude's soul and crushing him as an interception floated into the hands of Mayola. I loved it so much. Now that you say that, I'm going to have to go back and watch that replay multiple times just to get the stench of the Tristan Hill play with, with Chris Carson out of my mind. Because not only did I struggle with dealing that when it was happening live, we've been reminded of it multiple times on Twitter throughout the day. It's gotten to the point where national media is talking about it. We saw KJ Wright tweeting about it, talking about you know how garbage of a play it was for, for Hill to be doing that. Then you have McCarthy out there saying, oh, well, we got to coach our guys up on the right technique and send a stronger message, coach. Tell yeah. them, tell the media how pissed you are about how that's not acceptable. Come on. Yeah, it was it was it was a trash play. It was dirty from the word, you know, from Jump Street. It was clear and evident. And it, that, and I agree. What, what I want to bring it back to is that I agree for the cleansing of the hawker to feel to kind of like, OK, we know that happened. And it's one of those things that we're going to keep seeing. And, and thankfully, lots of NFL players are out there being like, there's no place for this. Like this dude, this is Chris Carson. This guy's in a contract year. He's a running back. He's a seventh round pick who's made it. And you're doing that to a dude's knee. So, you know, our ask, it sounds like our ask to the, to the flock is go back and watch that replay of Wagner destroying Dak as the ball floats down. It is, it is so precious. And again, doing it clean doing it the right way, doing it the Seahawk way, the Pete Carroll way. Rejoice in it, cleanse yourself with it, and forget about that dirtbag who tried the cheap shot, our, our running back number 32. And with that, bonus good news, right? Just the what they say, a, a mild a mild sprain for the knee, nothing too yes, serious. Nothing, and nothing too serious in the MRI. Where, whereas going into Bruce Irvin's MRI, it was kind of that similar type of talk. And this, he's actually had the MRI and, and it looks like he's going to be relatively okay. Could even be back in time for the Miami game. Yeah, sounds sounds good. And um, I think it's okay if Hyde takes the ball for the most part. We see a little more Homer. We see a little DJ Dallas. Hey, listen, you got 
DJ Dallas, Travis Homer. Where'd they play? Uh, Ooh, where they play? Yeah, down there in Florida. How about that? They played at the at the U, right? At so the U. Let those guys have a little homecoming. You know, there's actually some there's actually some uh, fans in the in the stands in Miami. Let them give out some tickets. Let those go, guys go do the work for a week. CC Deville, you could take a week off, brother. Number thirty two, take a week off. Rest up that knee. We got this next week. All right, Brandon, like any good tag team, you know, a partnership, I'm, I'm stumbling and bumbling back to the ropes. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slap, slap you a high five to say jump in here because this is the nooks. This is the crannies. This is three in, three out. We got to get to that last out. And I don't want to talk about Shaq, you know, Shaquille Griffin, Shaquem. I'll talk about Shaquem all day. Shaquem the dream. Let Keem, let Keem hunt. But I don't want to talk about, you know, Shaquille getting burnt. Uh, you know, man, oh man, we, I don't want to talk about DK. So here I come stumbling. I'm slapping high five, getting the ring. What's the third out this week? I'm standing on the middle rope with my arm reached out <laughs> just to get as much reach as I can. Do they still do tag team wrestling in WWE? Is that still a thing? I hope so. Tag it team should wrestling, be. It, that was, you know, dem- it's like demolition. a staple of my childhood watching oh, yeah, tag team wrestling. Yeah, tag, tag team champions were legit. Also, just a little quick aside, they usually, you know, many times were like either super, super fat dudes, you know, like that was, that was a thing. <laughs> or the skinny like, or, quick dudes. Yeah. Like the really athletic guys that can never, they're never going to beat Hogan, but as tag teamers, man, oh man, could they, could they fly off the top ropes? Like, like none other. And there was always the moment where the ref gets distracted and, and, the, and both guys end up in the ring for what seems like two or three minutes. And they just go to town on the dude that's on the floor. Listen, when Mr. Fuji is blowing that smoke in your eyes, like you're, you're going to be distracted too. So it's, so here we are. I tag you. You're on the top rope. Come off that turnbuckle. Hit it. Hit me. This was right after that touchdown we referenced earlier to Tyler Lockett. The Dallas Cowboys get the ball back in the second quarter. And yeah, we're, we're probably going to mention Shaquille here as well mm. because it was a three-play drive by the Cowboys after that touchdown by the Seahawks. They throw at Trey Flowers, Amari Cooper gets the catch, and they go back to Cooper on the next play, and it's on Shaquille Griffin. The next play after that, Clinton, I think you know Mm. where this is going. It was just a little dump-off play to Cedric Wilson right over the middle, and I don't know if this was KJ's guy. I don't know if they should have had KJ on this guy. I don't know if Amadi was not in this game because this seemed like the perfect matchup for Amadi to be on the Cedric Wilson dude who I who I'd never heard of until this very game against the Dallas Cowboys. He catches the ball over the middle and just splits the defense all the way to the end zone, 40 yards, quick touchdown, and Dallas is right back in it. Yeah, but that that wasn't Cedric Wilson. That was uh, definitely Cooper, right? That was Cooper? Or, no, 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 that there was a, this guy it says C uh, Wilson in the uh, that, in the box that score. Was, that was Michael Gallup, the other really good receiver, right? That was Michael Gallup who burnt KJ badly. No, 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 it, and it wasn't even CD Lamb. Who, CD I don't Lamb, remember no. seeing him show any huge bursts of speed like we got to see from Wilson on that play. Yeah, like Cedric freaking Wilson. Like who who is this dude? You know, I, I think there's yeah, there's probably like. 98, 98 out of 100 Cowboy fans who don't even know who Cedric Wilson is. However, now we all know his name. And I think the the toughest part, I mean, besides the fact that it's a three-play drive, that that's, that's crowned the outright there. And you got some lovable losers just for that drive, right? Oh, man, oh, man. But the part that hurts, the part that kind of hurt the soul was, to me, was one of those moments. Didn't happen that much last year, but KJ just looked slow and old. He looks slow on that. 
and it just it showed out and Cedric Wilson showed up. So man, I I I appreciate you throwing the out there. Hey man, sometimes we gotta face the music. Sometimes that's what that's what three in, three out's all about. We gotta face the music there and say, you know, KJ, he's gotta do he's gotta do a little better job there. I mean, it was it was it a bad angle? Looking back at it, was it a poor angle? Was he, was he just too slow? What'd you see? I don't know if KJ was supposed to jam him off the line and and, and just didn't get a good uh a good jam on him and got past him real quick. I it's not a play that I really want to go back and watch. I just know that I saw KJ get burnt badly and was not happy about it. Yeah. You know, when, when you're staring at the back of the Jersey uh, and that, and that's what that was like, it's like, Oh, oh there it is. That's, that's KJ. You can't mistake him for Freddie Swain this time. And yeah. it was just the back of the Jersey right off the bat. We're like, Oh, wow. He's already burnt. He's already toast. So that, that was a tough moment, you know, tons of yards. And we know that yards don't particularly matter, but man, oh man, when we had opportunities to just put this team away with the stop, well, we sure we sure couldn't really get there yet. So the season at three and zero, it's a bit of a head scratcher. The offense is off the charts, amazing. Russ is of course just you know having the start of what is a magical season here, and then we have this this revamped you know secondary and and uh, supposedly you know the, a back a backside linebackers and DBs that are going to be some of the best in breed in the game. And we're just not seeing it. Now we know the injury bug is there. And of course, Adams, I think, was out of the game at this point already. And hopefully, speedy recovery to him and his groin. And with that, Brandon, I'm with you. The good news is we have been playing some of the most high-powered offenses so far. You know, there's not so many times where we're going to face like a Dallas Cowboys or the Falcons who do have really good offenses. And as bad as that one play was for KJ Wright, you got to give credit to him on his ability to track down Ezekiel Elliott out of the backfield. And I don't know if Zeke was just feeling like the breath of KJ Wright uh, just (laughs) down his back throughout the game because Zeke Elliott must have had, I don't know, four, five drops in this game that were just little, little screen passes. And KJ Wright on the day, he finished the game leading the team in stops. And for the stop stat, that's just it's an easy way to think about it as just being you know really good defensive plays, much like with Zoolander being really, really good looking. <laughs> KJ Wright, is, these are the really, really good looking tackles. And, and KJ had five of them and gets credit for it in the box score. You know what I love about there? There's some there's some some depth sorcery just performed there that went from the the third out in a Seahawks victory into a little bit of a bonus in. Well, well done, sir. Well done. And Brandon, I know that's our three and three out. I want to introduce one more thing if you're game. I want to introduce something that like, I know, I know there's a player you were just itching to talk about that did not show up on the ledger. And I know he's on your inside the ledger. So if I were to afford you, if I were to say, hey, Brandon, when we win, do you want a fourth bonus brand in? Would you take it away? You got something to say about that? I, I I will take it and I will run with it. And no, I didn't give it to KJ. I am giving the bonus brand in to Ugo. Love it. Yeah, Ugo was Ugo was everywhere, right? I mean, I mean, the dude, the dude was everywhere. And I know he's going to be talked about quite a bit. What were some of your favorite plays from uh, from Ugo this past Sunday? Well, he led the team in pass breakups. He had two of those. He was targeted 11 times on the day, the second most uh, behind Shaquille Griffin. And while Griffin gave up 151 yards on those 12 targets, 
my guy, Ugo Amadi, <laughs> gave up 39 yards and just seven receptions. Like I said, two of those were pass breakups. He had three stops on the day. So right behind KJ Wright, Ugo Amadi was all over the field on this game, Clinton. Yeah, he he certainly was, and showing up huge in the uh, on the the two point conversion as well, or uh, multiple plays down by the goal line. But quick quick uh, pop quiz here: Who gave up more yards, Ugo through the air or the Seahawks run defense to Zeke? Thirty nine yards through the air to Ugo, and the run defense to Zeke. Let, let's just pull up those numbers right now. Ezekiel Elliott, thirty four yards on the ground. Ooh. Oh, I, I knew it was close. I didn't know if it was over or if it was under. I rolled the dice. I thought it was. In the, I thought it was in the thirties. And having you know, you know, Ugo at thirty nine, I didn't. Ex- I did not expect Zeke to go over that. So I, I, I threw it out there. Man, oh man, does our does our run D look good? Well, Brandon, I I happen to think that a new segment was just just born. Not only when we win do we start with an in, but when we win, we get a bonus brand in. I think you killed it. And now we get to hear from the flock. Uh, let's get to the flock. It's why we're here in the first place. All right, Brandon, we're back. And this is the From the Flock segment. Anybody out there. So if you're on Twitter, you're listening, you can find me at Clinton Bond. You can find Brandon at Seahawkers Pod. And then during the game, you can hashtag 3i3o. We'll see it and we'll celebrate it. We'll try to get it into the podcast. There are other ways that the fantastic and even more fun ways that people get to communicate. Brandon, why don't you tell the good folks about some of the other ways, Discord, Ring of Honor, so they can hear it from you. That's right. If you want to be part of our Seahawkers podcast, Ring of Honor, a 1212 donation at getintheflock.com will get you in there. And a donation at $3 a month will get you into the Discord chat we do each week. And that is on game day. And we get to pull some of the ins and outs from there as well. Specific channel just for those of the folks there on the Discord. And uh, we're going to be reading those here coming up. Yeah. And that's, it's super easy to get into. It's just like this, right? You want to spend a little extra money and get the daily conversations. Cool. Ring of honor on Facebook, three bucks a month. You're in the discord. And then you have these amazing, you know, day of game. Is that right? Day of game. Is that even a thing? Sounds right. Is that day of, yeah. Day of game conversation. So game Brandon, day, I think is yeah. maybe the shorter way to go without the, the preposition. Yes. Yeah. Probably don't, probably don't need all the words, which is, you know, probably a life lesson for me. However, Brandon dealer's choice. Why don't you take an in and out, whatever you want, where do you want to go first from the flock? I want to go to a familiar name to kick things off. And that is Christopher Rolf, who is at agent of Bolas on Twitter. He tags both of us. He uses the hashtag three I three O he's, He's making sure, Clinton, that we see this and it gets the first in in our From the Flock segment. The in goes to the CenturyLink turf for the major contributions to the safety. Ezekiel Elliott goes down in the end zone and technically the credit goes to Brian Monet in the stat column for the day. But yes, we all know watching that, that Zeke tripping on the turf is what brought him down and he couldn't get the ball out of the end zone. Two points for the Seahawks into the turf. And I think also the uh, the return man had a, had a bit of a stumble that set him up at the half yard line to begin with, right? So that's right. I, he had a little bit of a, a stumble and a muff, and gosh, it almost looked like the Seahawks were going to recover that down on the one yard line. Sure did. So the turf set a few things up, but you know, just just as in three and three out, the sober yin raging yang we talk about. What we you know first it giveth, then it taketh away. 
uh, ask Jamal Adams about that turf, right? And and, and he's going to have a he's going to have a, a a conversation with you about how his groin's feeling right about now with that with that same darn turf. But but these things happen. I want to keep it on the positive side of the ledger. This is early, so if we're talking early, we got to talk about Flocktimus Prime because after all, that, that he's the first. He says in practice squad call ups making the difference. I mean that's that's a beautiful call out. We got we got. I think Russ Wilson talked about this a bit about the testament to the team as well, Brandon. It really was. And it was cool just to hear in the post-game press conferences. You you heard from Elton Robinson. You heard from Ryan Neal, who got the interception at the end of the day, just talking about how he wasn't going to lose that football after getting the interception. And that was going to be something that he's going to hold on to. He, he comes away with the moment that made the difference in this game, ending the game on the interception with Dak Prescott. And yeah, it was it was cool that just so many guys could show up in the big moments, you know, not just Ryan Neal and Alton Robinson getting called up. But then you had Shaquem Griffin, who got the call up from the practice squad and him on that final drive. Go back and watch that final drive. And dude was all over the field. And the best part about Keem there is he makes he makes left tackles nervous. He makes dudes nervous. Like, obviously, they got a weight advantage on him. He's just so much faster and he's, and he is ferocious. Like his, he's spin moving, he's dipping, he's, I mean, he almost got there two or three times. He had a beautiful tackle on Zeke, maybe one or two out of the backfield. You know, those check downs going nowhere. Listen, let Keem hunt. Do not ever, 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 ever cut Shaquem Griffin again. Just let the dude go out there and do what he does best. Spy on quarterbacks, hunt quarterbacks, and then tackle running backs when they're going nowhere. Beautiful stuff. I got something beautiful here too for you, Brandon. This comes from another familiar name and familiar face, Hong Kong Hawk, of course. It's an out, but I like the way he framed it. It's the play we don't want to talk about. It's the DK play. However, he says, out, not contributing to Mr. Unlimited's MVP campaign. I'm looking at you, DK. So not that I want to talk about the play, but the frameology from Hong Kong Hawk is a deserving in, even though it's an out. And I feel like we we do need to recognize Lisa, who is decaf Metcalf fan club in the discord. She she recognized Keem playing lights out down the stretch. She gave him the in one person. I didn't see the in for for a call out that this he cannot go unrecognized in this show is Brandon Shell. Yes, the, the right tackle in this game going up against Alden Smith in that final touchdown that went to DK for that had the go ahead score. That was all Brandon Shell on that one, given Russell Wilson all kinds of time holding off Alden Smith, who had, gosh, did he have three sacks on the day? He was the Cowboys' most prolific pass rusher. Shell was standing him up, giving Russ all kinds of time, allowing him the moment to deliver that ball to DK for the redemption. Got to give some love to Brandon Shell. Yeah, Shell and and across the line, too. Just like, who, you know, whoever's given them the, the, the idea to do like lots of tricep workouts, like, man, oh, man, were their triceps engaged over and over and over again? There were multiple times where Russ just had, he had oodles of time. He could literally, literally bounce around and then pick his pick his slot and then do what he does, which is just put the ball exactly where it's got to go. Speaking of this, we got Delwin in Discord and goes with the in, the fact that we have SDB, aka Sexy D Ball, as a required and accepted initialization. This is what you're missing in the Discord. You got to get in there. 
Michael Paul had an out, says pick just about any third down defensive play. And it felt like that in this game. They were officially seven of 15. So under 50 percent when it came to third down efficiency, they did have the two fourth down plays that they made up. So if you throw those in there, they they probably do get over that. Uh, then they're what, nine of 17. So then they're over the the 50 percent mark. But man, oh, man, third downs in this game. It, it didn't matter if they were short or long. It just seemed like every time that the Cowboys were in position in third down, they were they were going to convert. Yeah, a bit, a bit of a struggle bus there. And for chunks of the game, we were not converting third downs. However, nope. however, late in the game, when it mattered, boy, oh, boy, we converted plenty of third downs to lock it in that key crucial catch by Olsen on the fourth down, which is awesome. Talking about key and crucial and awesome, David Van Cleve over on the Seahawkers pod, Ring of Honor. Once again, go to getintheflock.com and make it happen for yourself. Be be more like David, would you? But I like this one. A couple of people brought this up. So, you know, David's David gets the love, but several of you brought this up. It's the team is all about Russ doing his thing in the kitchen, but our wins for the last two weeks have come down to last minute stops by the defense. He says, hats off to the sous chefs and the boys working to make sure Russ's dinner service was as glorious an experience despite any culinary mix-ups. That's a, I'm going to give that a five-star Michelin review there, Mr. Van Cleve. I'm going to bounce on over to an in. He got called out as one of your outs, Clinton, but Lisa Perdon, she says, Trey's an in this week because of that tipped extra point. And it, it those missed extra points, they turned out to be pretty important in this game. And so a little credit to Trey Flowers for for getting his mitt on one of those extra points. Completely changes the game because what happens if it's uh, 33 to 30 and not 31 to 30? You know, maybe maybe we just, maybe we attack it differently. Maybe we're like, oh, let's just tie this thing up. You know, it's just, just some psychology there. And, and, and hey, listen, we're, we're on Trey for, for the, the winning the poo thing earlier. And we all want him to be good. And, and this week was a little bit too much reminiscent of, of the playoff game versus Green Bay, where he just wasn't all that good. And yet we have to recognize these are elite athletes in the entire world. Trey coming off the corner and getting his mitts on the extra point is something I could not do in a thousand years. So Lisa, I appreciate you bringing Trey to the light there. We'll go over to Scott Campbell at 33. Scott Campbell on Twitter. He gives an out to the playing surface. And there was another out that we heard from just in terms of injuries for the day for the Seahawks. So whether it was a turf, whether it was had to do with getting injured in this game and how we're down on that. So both to Chris and it was Amy uh, in the discord who was just giving the injuries out as a whole. You know, Chris Carson with the knee sprain, Ethan Post sprained his knee late in the game. You potty Jordan Brooks. And and they're all knee sprains too. What's going on here? Uh, Jamal Adams, he feels like the one that's that's not part of the group because he has he came out of the game with a groin strain instead of a knee sprain. Yeah, I know, and and I'm not sure which one's better, worse, or indifferent. I if I, I guess I take a knee strain over a groin strain because you know groin groin seem to linger a bit longer. We'll see. Hopefully, Adams could bounce back super fast, but. But to Scott, great out, job. Hey, Hop. and out to yeah, whoever hey. didn't, to the trainer who was not over there immediately with a bag of peas for Jamal Adams. <laughs> I needed to see Jamal Adams with a bag of, of frozen peas in his hand as he was coaching from the sideline. This is fair enough. You know, they just, just call, call it like you see it, right? That's, that's, that's all good. But hey, but we talk about coaching from the sideline. 
That is an in that Hawk on the Move in Discord dropped in just like that. It's an in. Adam's coaching from the sideline. Never give up. Never surrender. Which, you know, if you're going to hearken some Churchill, I'm going to call it out. So big thanks to everybody who came in contributing on three in, three out. If we didn't get to you, we will try and get to you next week. A lot of submissions this week. Great to see everybody involved. And, you know, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, if you haven't done it already, SBNation.com slash NFL podcasts. We want you to be a part of the show. You listen to this show, interact. And I mean that's what makes this just a fun community to be a part of, Clinton. Man, you said it best. And with that, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.